I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome the energetic master, Dr. Davina. Dr. Davina is a Taoist and shamanic acupuncture and follows the Tai Chi and Qigong philosophies, as well as many Chinese Eastern medicine philosophies, which they share with us on the show. Dr. Davina also shares their own journey of what led them towards this deep energy work to really resolve some of their own inner imbalances and blocks and turmoil through addiction and other means that led them to seek out creating flow, creating balance within themselves, within the body. Dr. Davina also shares their personal story about coming out as transgender and realizing that they are two-spirited, both male and female. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hello, Dr. Davina. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. And happy summer solstice. Yeah, happy summer solstice. It's the the maximum yang. Oh, great time for everything to go wrong. Is it? What does that mean? Oh, just because the energy is very active and very strong, so oh. there's a lot of potential to do good things. There's also a lot of potential for sudden reversals and things like your computer overheating and us losing the recording. Yeah, that just happened. Luckily, we're only a few minutes in, but we did just try to start and it got, we got shut down. Okay, so that's a thing on summer solstice. Well, obviously, it's a, it's solar and it's the most solar energy of the whole year. So there's powerful sun coming through, energy through that. So, but that that can make things you know vibrant, right? But I guess that can also cause things to kind of go a little too haywire, powerful. Yeah. So it's very powerful and it's a very good time to, you know, the summer is the time to reach your potential. It's the, it's the maximum young um, where you can flourish and do all of your activities, but it's also, you know, you have to be careful because then it can become uh, the young can become heat and the heat is pathological and it can cause problems like computer shortages. Mm. Okay. Now what word are you saying? Young? Yang, yes. It's usually said yang in um, uh, the West, but I'm, I was in China, so I say yang. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. I like it. So, oh, so it's just like the, the opposite energies, right? So there's yin and yang. So yang is... Yes. And yang is what, like the, the darker or the lighter energy? Um, well, I, I mean, I can just... This ties into what I was going to say about acupuncture. So, um, you know, in Taoist cos- cosmology... Um, the beginning is the Wu Ji, and the Wu Ji is is nothingness or emptiness. But it's not; it's it's a it's an interdependent em- emptiness where all potential is there. So, like in the Tao Te Ching, they say it's the mother of all things. So it's we can think of it more this emptiness more as like the emptiness of the womb, where it's the potential for all expression. Mm. And then from the Wu Ji, from the emptiness the potential for manifestation comes out and that's the Tai Chi. So um, when we talk about Tai Chi Chuan, that's what we're talking about is this, the potential um, emerging from the emptiness. And then the balance of Tai Chi is the balance of yin and yang. And so um, yang is 
um, the maximum, it's the brightness, it's the fullness, it's, it's movement, it's, it's um, the energy. And then yin is um, shrinking in, it's smallness, it's quiet um, and darkness. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you for breaking and, that down. And so this is a very, the solstice is a very powerful time because it's maximum yang, which means it's the birth of yin. Oh, okay. So from the maximum comes the birth of yin. Yeah, because it, it's, um, you know, it, it's really, so it's all one thing. It all comes from, from um, uh, Wu Ji. And then the manifestation is this interplay between the yin and yang, but yin and yang aren't two separate things. They're the same thing. Mm. Um, so we can imagine like, you know, super string, like I was reading super string theory and I'm like, wow, that's yin and yang because it's like the idea that everything are these, this disperse, disperse energy and it's the interaction of its expansion and contraction that creates manifestation as we understand it. And so, um, you know, you can think about when it reaches its maximum contraction, that's yang. And when it reaches its ma maximum constriction, that's yin. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, you're going deep with us here. We're going into string theory. That's super entangled. Not to, That's a whole other theory, right? Entanglement theory? Yeah. Um, and I'm not an expert in quantum physics, but I just, it, it helps it's visualize so that. Because that's, that's what... Um, um, yin and yang are they're not two separate things that interact they're one thing and it's yang when it's expanding and it's yin when it's contracting um, because then okay. that's and then that expansion and contraction when you look through time it looks like things are going in a circle and so that's what acupuncture and medicine are designed to do is to turn that circle and so when when, when you're healthy, yang turns into yin and yin turns into yang in a constant circle. But when there's stagnations and blockages that prevent um, that smooth trans transformation of yin and yang, then that's where disease comes in. Interesting. Wow. Okay. And then what you said reminded me of um, what you first said of everything being the same thing, but expanding, contracting reminded me of water. Like whether it's hot or cold, it's still water, but it's just at a different, you know, temperature that causes it to expand or contract and have a different feel to it. Yeah, exactly. So steam would be a, a maximum yang manifestation of water and ice would be a maximum yin manifestation, but they're all the same thing. They're just, what are they doing? You know, are they in an expansion or are they in a contraction? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. I love it. I love this. Very cool. Okay. This is just reminding me that everything is interconnected because Dr. Davina, you are an acupuncturist and you're also a Qigong, an energy worker, and you do Tai Chi. And what you just said, basically you went from string theory to, you know, the solstice, everything is all related. It's all the same thing, just expressed and explained in different ways. Don't you think? Yes, no, exactly. And that's what Taoist philosophy is, is that everything can be understood as yin and yang. Like the enlightened being sees one yin and one yang, um, while, while the rest of us are caught in its infinite um, variations and manifestations. Um, but everything can be understood 
as um, not just yin and yang, but that this oneness expanding and contracting endlessly. Endlessly, infinitely. And then infinite, very, and then it can be infinitely divided. So there's a yang stage to yin and a yin stage to yin. And then there's a yin stage to yang and a yang stage of yang. And, you know, we can divide it and subdivide it infinite number of times. And that's, you know, what all of manifestation is, is the infinite combinations of various things in their um, contraction and expansive phases. Whew. That, that was a very heavy start. <laughs> that was a lot. My, my brain is having, that's a lot to process. I hear you. I love all these concepts. They just always kind of make your brain kind of churn a little bit like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the reason I start with that is because um, in my style of acupuncture, that's what I look at is, um, you know, the expansion of yang and the contraction of yin and where are people getting stuck in that cycle? Um, like I was going to call my practice circle of life acupuncture, but that would have run into too many Lion King um, conflicts. But, um, you know, just the, this idea that health is this smooth flow of yin transforming into yang and yang transforming into yin and disease is blockages somewhere in this transformation. Um, so, um, do you have any familiarity with the five elements? Uh, okay. So I, we talked about that on the last show I did the five Chinese elements and then the five Chinese spirits. Yes. So we talked, we, we touched on that. Yes. Yeah. So elements is a mistranslation. They're really the five phases or the five movements. So, um, you know, the water, um, phase is yin with the maximum constriction. Then, as it um, yin yang births and begins to move up and out, that becomes yin, and there I have that becomes yang, and then there I have this plant there, right as I'm showing that, and then um, it reaches the the maximum expansion, and that's the fire phase when it's up and out, and then it starts to move down and in, and we call that the metal phase, and then when it, the furthest down and in again, it returns to water, and then the earth is kind of the axis. Um, or also the transformative phase between it expanding up and out, reaching the maximum out, moving down and in, reaching the maximum in. Mm. So these are natural cycles. And it sounds like this you incorporate this in your work because this is what's seen within our bodies energetically and what causes us illness or ailments in our body, aches and pains and all of that. So what is, um, if we're going in a normal cycle and we're healthy... What changes when, you know, we need to seek out an acupuncturist? What's going on in our body if we're experiencing discomfort or disease? Um, I mean, you know, there are infinite diseases with infinite causes, um, but but primarily is that you live, um, you break harmony with the cycle of expansion and contraction. So, you know, if you're um, if you're in, if you're in tune with nature, then you follow the same cycles as nature. So you wake up with the sunrise and you go to bed with the sunset or shortly after, um, sunset, but how many of us in our life actually do that? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we have various needs, but then those needs aren't always easily met and we need to use force 
um, and, or, or we need to pursue those needs. Um, and that puts stress on us and strain on our body. And, you know, how many of us are really like, so the idea, you know, the Taoist ideal is that you're a hermit living out in the woods, drinking natural spring water, um, raising, <sighs> uh, waking with the sunrise and sleeping at sunset. But how many of us, you know, live our life in harmony like that? And so that disharmony, um, breaking, breaking phase with that cycle is the source of disease. And so, you know, you think of our, our past, um, our fast paced life, you think about um, our diet and what we're eating, um, eating too much of some things, eating too little of other things. And, um, you know, drinking coffee to force ourselves awake to work a 12 hour work day, you know, all of these um, break make us disharmonious with the universe. And so we, we come into conflict with the, um, the flow of chi from the universe. And then that manifests as the elemental diseases. And so um, when, yin, when, you know, when we force yin and yang to change too fast, then that produces wind, which causes disease. When um, we resist change, we become frozen and we call that state cold. When we try to make things happen too quickly, we move too fast and that becomes heat. Um, and that, you know, causes like things like inflammation in the body. Um, you know, when we get hesitant and we're not sure what to do, then we kind of, then that's a damp state and we get, you know, we develop these accumulations of sticky water. Um, and so, you know, as we, live out of harmony with the universe, then um, the natural changes of chi in the universe become disease towards us. Um, so like COVID, you know, we were talking about COVID. Um, COVID could be seen as a wind. And mm. we can see how that wind has brought substantial changes to every aspect of our lives, our society, our economy, and everything else, and shows us how out of harmony our society really was, how out of harmony our bodies were. And now, um, you know, that disharmony with the universe can go on for so long, and then we have a catastrophe like a sudden outbreak of wind. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating what you're saying, Dr. Davina, because it just reminds me that no wonder we're all sick and unhealthy and exhausted and depressed because we are so out of sync with any sort of natural ebb and flow and cycle of life in the universe. We've really, really tried to force it into something that it doesn't want to be, you know, where it's, you know, we, we, few of us wake up natural cycles. Most of us like me, I'm a night owl. I love to go to bed late and then I want to sleep in and, you know, take my time getting up and then drink, you know, a stimulant, a caffeine to get myself going. And then I'm half, most of the time I'm indoors on computers glued to my phone and all this stuff. When, you know, I was reading that, you know, for most of human civilization, they were outdoors most of the time. And now we're indoors most of the time in offices and in homes and then again, the way we eat, we rarely, any of us eat directly from the ground to our mouths. You know, we, so I'm just kind of going off, but what I'm trying to say is that everything is just so disconnected from what's natural. And I love that you're bringing this up because that's one of my biggest focuses with women waking in my work is 
how do we get back to a more natural state? And when I look around the world, everything feels so unnatural. For example, something like addiction. I talk about addiction a lot because that's a very unnatural state, yet it's become very much the norm. Most of us are addicted in some way. And when you talk about all these different elements and energy, I feel like addiction is like when you've, when you're not allowing something to come naturally, you're kind of trying to force an element, you know, create like an elemental balance. That's not. Yeah, no, exactly. Addiction is, is 99% of the time. Addiction is an attempt to self-medicate. Oh yeah. 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 Which again, as you're talking about, it seems like trying to like realign these elements that when, if we just, you know, if we didn't try to force them or do it ourselves, they would happen on their own. So yeah, and getting back to to your mission about, you know, goddess revival and things like that, we live in a very young society. And I think most of our um, diseases, most of the diseases that I see is because people are too much up and out and want to always be up and out and, you know, um, work 12 hours a, a day, seven days a week and, and um you know, go, 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 use stimulants that force the body up and out. And there's not enough of, it's very much a deficiency of yin is too much up and out. Yes. And yes, um, we're, we're very much a society lacking nourishment, lacking this, this yin, lacking rest, um, lacking a down and in force. Um, and I think a large part of the return of the goddess is returning to a state of valuing more yin um, processes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that I love about Tai Chi is instead of most martial arts are very young, they're about strength and speed. And I love Tai Chi because it's very yin. It's about, you know, moving very slow and these, you know, subtle, graceful mm-hmm. movements that are actually very powerful. That is so much aligned with the divine feminine, right? What you just said, because that reminds me of water, right? And when you move, and now when I think about it, when I think of um, Tai Chi, the, the, the slow movie one, right? Yes. It, it's almost like someone's in water, or underwater, you know, when they're moving very slow. And there is that sort of trust that power doesn't have to be, you know, forced and fast. It can be slow and intentional. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we do like the, the ultimate is that, you know, we can move very fast and it, it, we develop this power that becomes very fast and explosive. I don't even know if you can see that because um, the video can't record it when I move that fast. Um, <laughs> too fast. You're, you're a ninja. Too quick. <laughs> um, but that, you know, that that snap comes from, you know, me practicing moving very slowly and doing that that you know, for when I'm very relaxed and developing this, you know, you think about like water coming as a wave, you know, water can trickle along as a stream or it can pound as a, as, um, a, tornado. As a wave. A but tornado. then like when you throw a rock at the water, it just moves around yeah. and doesn't resist it. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Such beautiful concepts we're diving into, but I do want to bring us back to you and ground us in your work. So obviously you're knowledgeable about so many of these fantastic topics. And so how, and you've described a little how you incorporate them in your work as an acupuncturist, but your work goes beyond that. So how else are you really, how else are you incorporating these things? How else do you work with these energies and these concepts and theologies as a acupuncturist, you know, as in your, your work in Tai Chi and Qigong? 
Yeah. Um, so Qigong. Um, Qigong. So like, you know, the foundation of my acupuncture style is um, I follow Kiko Matsumoto, a Japanese practitioner who does a lot of um, hara diagnosis. And the hara is the abdomen. So I press around the abdomen, you, you know, going around in a circle usually and finding, you know, where is it stuck? And then um, what's really wonderful and exciting about this style that I love so much is I'll find a place in the abdomen that is um, sore, tight, or tender, and then I'll find a point in the arm or a leg that immediately softens the point in the abdomen. And so the patient and I both know that something has changed. And so um, in incorporating Qigong into this, I can use a needle and I can needle that point in the arm or leg, or sometimes I can just run chi energy between the point and the abdomen and cause um, the same reflex, cause the same release. And then when that stagnation release, the body moves into a more natural flow. So I, you know, I don't really say that I, I heal people. I say that I remove the stagnation. I remove what's blocking the body from healing itself. Okay. Um, Beautiful. That makes sense. And I mean, that's all we ever really need to do, right? Because the body knows how to heal itself, how to function naturally and harmoniously. It's we're the ones that kind of get in the way of that. We, we, we're the ones who get in the way of our healing of our spiritual progress of, of everything else. Cause it's just so much fun. <laughs> Uh, but okay. But you speak to people and so do I, who, cause you know, this makes me think of, I feel like I've spent so much of my life in an unnatural state and trying to go against and trying to force things. And for a while it can feel fun. Cause it's, you know, I've been through addiction. I've been through all of that. And it's like, you think that you can sort of micromanage and create energy and force everything you want it. But ultimately it doesn't end up when you do something unnatural, it's going to want to go back to its natural state. It doesn't stick. If that makes sense. Right. It's like you try to make your life look a certain way. You try to look a certain way, all these things you try to force. And it just, it doesn't get you what you actually want. Cause sometimes we think physical things will create emotional results, emotional peace, emotional happiness, not always the case. We think that, you know, forcing our bodies to do something will make us healthy. Not always the case. So for those of us who have reached this point where we think I might just be ready to become into a true aligned state with myself to really surrender and let go of trying to force, how, how do you help people to get so that we're not creating those blocks for ourselves, so that we're not creating this unnatural sort of dysfunctional state within our body, right? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, I'm still working on that myself. I'm, I am not yet an ascended master. Um, You're not? <laughs> but you have such a glow, I thought for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, the most powerful tool that I found is uh, my Qigong practice, which is spontaneous Qigong. And, um, you know, that is basically you learn to surrender and um, you kind of start out holding a static pose, breathing and relaxing, and then you start, you know, attuning to the movements of chi, and it starts moving you the way that you should be moved. Mm. Um, and I, 
that has helped me move back into a more natural life because then I feel when I'm um, um, flowing smoothly and I feel when I'm stuck or I'm resisting. And then I learn to surrender and let that flow. And sometimes not always in life, I can see like in interactions, in my job choices, in, you know, um, how I go about my daily life, I can feel this when I'm at ease and I can feel when I'm in resistance. I can feel when I'm allowing and I can feel when I'm grasping and trying to take. And, you know, I start to become more aware of how, when I'm in harmony and when I'm not. Yeah. Can you share with us a little bit about what Qigong, yes, Qigong? What is Qigong and how does it differ from Tai Chi? But let's start with what Qigong is. Okay, well, I mean, um, so Qigong is energy cultivation, then Tai Chi is a martial arts style of Qigong. Okay. So Tai Chi is, is, is Qigong, but it's Qigong that's used specifically for martial arts applications. Um, then Qigong, so um, Qi is, you know, the Chinese word for like the vital life force or energy or, you know, there are something like 19 different translations. And then Gong is um, work or cultivation. So like the, the English word Kung Fu is the more, is the Chinese word Gong Fu which means time and effort or the time and effort required to develop a skill. And so, you know, I mean, some people do just open their third eye and become aware of energy and how to move it. But for most, most people, it's a work and it's a cultivation and it takes time and effort to attune yourself to the energy that you can begin to work with it. So that's what um, Qigong is is the work, the cultivation work to attune ourselves, to cultivate and attune ourselves to energy. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's wonderful. Sounds like a fantastic practice. Can anyone do it? Do you need formal training? What does it look like? Um, I mean, yes and no. Um, the, the, you know, the basic work is to just do standing. So like, if you don't know anything, um, what you can do is just stand and breathe. And that's, that is Qigong and that is energy work. And you can do that for 30 years, just standing in good alignment, breathing into your lower belly and um, do that for 30 years and you'll only get better. Um, but then there are a lot of different forms. And if you do very specific forms, especially things that move the chi in your brain, um, that should only be done with the master. Oh, um, yeah, there is have- such thing. Qigong psychosis that people get from, um, you know, cause they get a book on, on Qigong and try to do these advanced forms that they're, they're not trained to do oh, and no. it moves too much chi in their brain and they get very disoriented. Oh, but, um, you don't want to mess with it that. is very safe when done properly. So, um, you know, I, I focus on grounding first, you know, just like the basics and you can do the ba- like ma- being a master just is mastery of the basics. So you can do basic Qigong forever and only get better. And honestly, I think a lot of a lot of the more advanced like movements and specific styles and things, I think 80% of that is marketing. <laughs> it usually is. Well, can you share with us a few, like the most basic grounding Qigong um, exercise that someone could do safely on their own if they're just looking to what is it? I mean, can you 
clear your energy with Qigong? Is that like, what if you're feeling super anxious and stressed and you think I just really want to ground and release? Yeah. Um, so the basic one is to just feel your feet against the ground and then breathe in as your hands float up and breathe out as your hands float down the midline. And um, this is this is safe and easy. This is the opening and closing for every Tai Chi form because even though it's very subtle, it's also very powerful. And um, you know, just breathing in as you float up, breathing out as you float down. Okay. <sighs> I'm relaxing just doing this a few I'm times. I'm feeling good um, with this. And that's just a good way. So I mean, this is a very powerful qigong because. You're, as you come up, you're collecting the chi of the universe. As you breathe out, you're bringing it down into your dantian, this, um, you know, kind of the first, second, and third chakra where you store the energy um, that you use for later work. And at the same time, it's very safe and, and very gentle. Um, you can also imagine just as you come down, just pushing the energy down into your feet and connecting it to the ground. And um, that's a great way to ground into the earth. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Whew. Ooh, I have some tingling in my, there's some, a lot of energy going on in those, those three chakras right there. Yeah. Root, sacral, solar plex. Whew. That's good. Well, thank you. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a simple thing to work with and play with our energy, but yet sometimes it um, can be easy to overlook just like breath work, meditation, we can get, again, these distractions, these unnatural activities that have become so natural to us that are so... Because look, this, this something like this, a daily um, Qigong practice makes so much sense. It would, I feel like it would benefit all of us. And meditation and breath work and all of these, and exercise and all these things, but yet these, these are kind of seen as like, you know, more esoteric alternative things. It's very interesting to me, like the things that we call alternative medicine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and you know, for it's really just medicine. Um, huh. And you know, the spontaneous qigong I learned from uh, a master in Malaysia, and we can go into that story later. But um, you know, he used to cure cancer and stuff like that, um, just doing um, just from his, you know, just from his qi energy. Wow. I believe it. Well, because cancer is essentially a block, right? In the body and you get a tumor because you have all these blockages and these constrictions. It's, it's, you know, that's why a tumor is caused. Yeah. Cancer is very fascinating because yeah. it's a cell that's become immortal. And in the process of it becoming immortal, it kills, it kills you. Um, and it's almost like it's a part of you that's broken away and is trying to do its own thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's a lot of. Um, I'm I'm not currently treating cancer. I'm I'm I don't think I'm ready to yet. But um, it's very interesting thinking about like what cancer is. But yes, it's like it's a it's usually a long term blockage, and it's usually like a um, a part of you that you've rejected that sort of tries to make its own body. Um, and it's what cancer seems to be. Yeah, and then and and then ultimately. It's killing itself, really. Whatever that cell is that's trying to kill off the other cells and is, you know, rebelling is going to kill. Yeah, and and, and it's host. rebellion against its its emperor. It kills the whole of society. Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. Which is like kind of a euphemism for the state of our world right now. We're all kind of, you know, we're all, people want to be rebellious. They want to fight against others, not realizing that fighting against another is fighting against yourself because we're all in this together. We're all cells within one body within the earth. And we can't, we can want to get rid of as many people as we want, but that's, you know, we got to do this all together. You know, that's, that's my belief and how I see it. And that's why I believe so much in this balancing of energies, this return of what we will call the divine feminine, the yin to the yang, uh, you know, because it's, that's the part that to me is the grounded part that will say, yes, there is divisiveness, there's conflict, yet there's, it's not a solution. The solutions you're, we're using are not actually in any way realistic or effective, right? You can't yes. kill cells in order to survive. That's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our, our whole economy has taken on um, the logic of a virus, which is infinite growth. Yes. And infinite growth is not sustainable indefinitely. There, there can't be infinite contract expansion. There has to be a um, contraction. And if you push up and out, then that when the down and in comes, it will often come very suddenly and we'll have a wind manifestation like, you know, the outbreak of COVID. Yeah, that makes so much sense when you put it that way, because I talk a lot about the analogy of the masculine and feminine. The feminine energy is what builds the roots that knows that we need to cultivate life that, and without focusing on that, then nothing can grow. And the masculine to me is the growth, which is also brilliant. That is what life is. It's what comes forth from the ground. We need both. But right now it's like, all we have is growth. We're just, this yeah, we're, we're very life. much a maximum young, maximum yeah. up and out that is yeah. overextending its root system. And, you know, we'll only go so far before, you know, we kill the roots and then the whole thing will come crashing. It's going down. It's going down. And that's, and that's why I feel like there's this calling for people like you and I and others who are this sense for us to ground and build, put these roots in like, Hey, wait a minute. You know, it's great to be innovative and to create, but we have nothing if we don't have, we'll all die. You die. If the roots are gone, the tree is gone, no matter how big and amazing it got, you know, it's done. If it falls It will be a very impressive stump. (laughs) Exactly. And I think humanity deserves more than that. I think humanity can be more than just an impressive stump. I really believe in humanity to really come, have this big comeback and have this big restoration and really become what it's true potential. You know, that's what I see. That's the vision I have for our future is because humanity is a beautiful thing. You know, I don't know how in you are um, into, you know, ideas of like other civilizations or other species or beings, but I think that there, I think there are many, many, many different variations of species and, but none exactly the same, just like there's no two people exactly the same, no two cells exactly the same. Right. So why not let humanity be shown in its greatest in, in its highest form? And to me, that happens when we come into this harmonious balance, when we let it do its thing, right? When you let the body do its thing, when you let the earth do its thing, when you let humanity do its thing, it lights up how it's supposed to. And then its true brilliance is shown and expressed. And that's what I just believe in fundamentally from like the bottom of my heart. And that's why I do this work. And that's the only work I want to do is to speak to this and to, you know, connect with others who are doing things that hearken to this, right? That speak to this concept of, well, what if we align better? Well, what if we actually allow our true essence to come forth by removing these blocks, by aligning most effectively with our energy? Correct. 
<laughs> so, yeah. And so that's sort of my thoughts on that. And I just love how everything you're saying really ties in to all those concepts. And just a little yes, bit no, that. absolutely. And, um, you know, yes, um, like most, um, one of the main treatments I do is I check the fire points. And um, if the fire points are tender, then I needle um, metal water. Um, that's like the, um, it's this brilliant, powerful, um, it's so simple, but it's also brilliant and really powerful. Like I've treated autoimmune diseases with this and like, you know, got people out of wheelchairs by doing it. And it's, it's the same idea of strengthening the down and in, in people who have had too much up and out. Yeah. Well, can you do that and for the whole planet, please? I'm in the, pro that's why I'm here. That's, <laughs> you know, part of the process. So can you share with us, Dr. Javina, a little bit about how did you come into this work? If you want to, as far back as you want to take us, I love storytelling. I love hearing about people's stories, especially those of us who have found our way to this kind of work. How did you get here? What brought you to this? Was it your own personal experience? Was it, you know, just a, a, a calling? Yeah. So... It's a long story. Um, I and you know we could be here all day going into all the all the details. But let's just go. To, I'm gonna start getting sweaty because it is hot. It's it's summer solstice is holding up to its name because it is sweltering and hot. But I'm let's do it. Yeah. Um, but just you know when I was around the age of 12, I started getting hot sensations in my head, and um, suddenly it made it difficult for me to sleep, and that turned into really severe insomnia when I was. Um, a teenager. And then that, you know, and then that also started turning into headaches as well. Um, and, you know, I was getting these really severe headaches that made me sick to my stomach. Um, it made it really hard for me to focus on studies. It made it really difficult for me to deal with a lot of bullying and other social stuff that was going on. And I was just a wreck, um, you know, and I got caught up in, um, you know, succumbed to the hungry ghosts and, and got into addictions and things like that, trying to self-medicate. Yeah. And um, then, um, you know, I had, um, well, I'll just say it, I had a suicide attempt that turned into a spiritual awakening and um, started, you know, it was like my first blossoming um, where I first like really accepted my yin nature and um, started, you know, started focusing on spirituality, reading spiritual books and things like that, but um, also getting very distracted. I was in the army at the time, and there was a bunch of stuff going on with that, and um, went to New Zealand. Um, then when I was in New Zealand, I was supposed to go to, um, got out of the army, went to college, um, did a study abroad in New Zealand, then I was going to go do an internship in India and or Australia, but neither of those worked out. And so they had, you know, teaching English in China and it was a paid internship. And I'm like, I can teach English. And so I ended up in China. And um, while I was there, it was the headaches were starting to get really bad. I was living off two hours of sleep. I was getting these throbbing migraines three to five times a week. And I was just, I was trying to force myself through it. I was drinking energy drinks and, um, you know, uh, luckily I became allergic to alcohol because I was trying to force myself to sleep by um, getting drunk. Mm. Um, and then uh, while I was in China, they're like, oh, well, why don't you try acupuncture? And um, 
I went and tried a couple of sessions. Nothing really seemed to be working. And, um, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll give it one more try. I'll try one more session. And um, told the acupuncturist, like, I'm not really getting any benefits. So, you know, if this doesn't work, I'm going to give up. And so she's like, okay, well, I'll try a couple of different things. And I remember she put a needle in the palm of my wrist and I felt a jolt go from my palm into my shoulder. Mm. And then the next day I was teaching and the students asked me if something was wrong. And I'm like, what? Nothing's wrong. And I looked in the mirror and I had turned beet red, like bright, you know, like if you've ever seen someone with a niacin flush, like I was bright red. And um, then eventually that cleared out of my system and I was a hundred times better. And I went six months without a headache and got, you know, some of the best sleep of my life. And then um, at the time um, I was also studying, you know, teaching English wasn't a very rigorous job. It was only like 20, 30 hours a week. So I was spending a lot of time outside studying martial arts and I was studying um, Shaolin at the time, um, but then I found my way to Tai Chi. And even though, you know, Shaolin was this very strong masculine strength art, but I always loved Tai Chi. Um, like I had taken a Tai Chi class my junior year of high school and just absolutely loved it and, you know, fell out of practice for a decade. But then when I rediscovered it in China, I fell in love with it all over again and discovered that I didn't want to be strong and fierce and powerful. I wanted to be graceful and beautiful and powerful too. But like, you know, being graceful was really more important. And so I was doing the Tai Chi. I was feeling better than I ever had in my life getting acupuncture and like, hey, why don't I do the study this myself? And um um, we, I just, we had decided to move back to America at the time. So I'm like, and then I, you know, got online and so, oh, there's acupuncture schools in America. So why don't I do that? And, um, you know, eight years later, here I am. Um, then in the process and, but then, um, so I went to school and around 2015, I, I took my license exam. So you can take the license exam after getting a master's degree, took my license exam, um, passed and then collapsed. So I had been, you know, I'd put, been pushing myself for four years in school. I was very much this pushing up and out, you know, using a lot of caffeine, like really bullying myself to make myself study 12 hours a day, every single day. And, um, and then all at once, you know, I had been pushing to the extreme and then there was a sudden contraction. Um, I, I divorced uh, my wife of nine years. I graduated and, and lost touch with my classmates. So I was completely cut off from my social network. My two favorite dogs died. Um, I was initially rejected for the board and there was this whole process I had to go through to get into that. So like everything that I loved and valued in my life disappeared all at once. Um, what year was this? This was 2015. Ooh, that is, that's a tough year, Dr. Davina. Whoa. Yeah, no, it, it was. And I had a massive burnout. Like, 
you know, I'd always been this very energetic person who could just push through anything, you know, put in 12 hour days, get four hours of sleep and do the same thing and just and and pay no price for it. Or so I thought. And then for two years, I could do nothing. Um, so luckily, I was in the doctorate program and our doctorate was set up that we did four or five day intensives and then we're free for the rest of the month. And we were supposed to be working on our busy acupuncture practice on those other 26 days. But basically, I would go make it through that four-day intensive barely, and then I was, and then I was done. I, I would collapse from exhaustion for the rest of the month. Um, and that was really hard because everything that I thought I valued about myself was taken from me. And so I had to find a different way to value myself. Um, so I couldn't just love myself for my young manifestations for when I accomplish things and I get things done and I'm good. I had to learn to love myself when I'm resting, when I'm quiet, when I'm not producing, when I'm not accomplishing. And um, that was a very difficult process. I'd say I'm still in it seven years later, but um, you know, two years, I was just I could do nothing. I, I couldn't even lay down because of my body ache. So I was basically sitting in a chair um, for two years and, um, you know, got back into addiction. And there was a whole process of letting that go. And um, in the process, I was trying to use the same young techniques I'd used before to get myself to do things. And I was bullying myself. And... Um, as I was, you know, being really hard on myself, you know, why are you so terrible? Why can't you do this? Why don't you do this? Like, we're going to do this now. We're going to do this now. We're going to do this now. And then another part of me was like, no, I'm not going to do what you want until you turn to learn to love me. Mm. And I'm like, I can, I can, there's a part and became aware that there was a, part of me that wasn't going with the program anymore, that was resisting, that was sabotaging my effort, that was stopping me from trying to do this. And it was making me pause and think about who I am and how I take care of myself and how I nourish myself. And it wasn't going to let me get out there and do these young things and be this great doctor that I knew I could be until I learned to be a great doctor for myself first. And um, very interesting, that voice was also a woman's voice. And um, in this process, I came out as transgender and, and discovered that actually the personality that should be at the forefront, the strong personality, the one that makes me happy is this, um, you know, this woman persona. Um, I kind of still consider myself two spirit. Like the man is still there, but he needs some time to heal. He's got a lot of guilt and shame that he needs to recover from. But when this, when I let this woman come out and play, I am just so happy and I'm so vibrant and I'm the person that I always knew I could be, but never seemed to be able to manifest. And I've had to learn things 
a whole new way of how to interact with myself, how I motivate myself, how I talk to myself. And when I feel so, I, you know, like I used to do things to feel good. Now I have to feel good to do things. And so now I have to make sure I eat well, make sure I'm getting enough to, uh, to drink, make sure I'm getting enough rest, make sure I'm getting, getting enough sleep and enough rest, getting playtime in and not just doing chores and tasks and, and things like that, just doing things that I enjoy in addition to doing things that I, I need to do. And it's been this whole process of getting to know myself um, and it's, you know, been a very fascinating spiritual work because now I know the part of me that's a man and I know the part of me that's a woman and I know the part of me that's neither. And that's been a very fascinating process as well. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Dr. Davina. Yeah. And I, that's a very important thought and concepts to share because I think that's becoming more present for a lot of people. That sense of, you know, something coming forward that feels more connected with whether it's masculine or feminine and and for it to be okay to let that come out. If that's what feels the strongest or what you're most connected with or aligned with, that that's, you know, everything is energy, everything. And so if that's the energy that's coming through, then we, you know, why wouldn't it come forward in a physical way as well? Yeah. And, and, you know, letting go of shame that makes us think, you know, um, boys are pink and or boys are, boys are pink and girls are, am I saying that reverse again? (laughs) In the old days, boys were pink and girls were blue. That's very interesting. It's actually a pretty modern thing that boys are blue and girls are pink. Wow. Um, you know, back back in the 1800s, every every child wore a dress until like the age of six. Makes sense. I mean, you have to change their diapers all the time anyways. They should all be wearing dresses or one pieces. We should always wear dresses. They're so much easier. Just one piece. They're so much more comfortable, now. aren't they? Yeah. And on a day like today, that flow, that free flowing air is <laughs> very welcomed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's, it's so important to open up the the doors for that and the conversation around that and to have more people speaking about that, you know, that it, because we really have, um, you know, talk about going against like trying to force things is, you know, who says that there's all these distinct rules about how we're supposed to act and behave and what we're supposed to align with. We made it all up. We made it all up, you know? Oh yeah. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, um, yin and yang are not separate things. Yin and yang are within, uh, within us all. So it's not like mm-hmm. women should on, can only be yin and men can only be yang. You know, mm-hmm. we're all infinite, intricate variances of yin and yang, all working together. And some are more feminine, some are more masculine, some are, are feminine within masculine, some are masculine within feminine. And, um, you know, it's all this beautiful expression of life. And every rule you can think of that we come up as humans, nature can find a way to break it. Always, always. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, what a powerful thing to be able to feel that energy within you and, and you know, to really harness it and, and honor it and bring it forth and be able to do that and to not have to 
have it fall into certain, you know, again, structures or, or confines, you know? And cause you know, I know, I know that personally, I, the thing that I love about connecting with my, my feminine and being feminine and a female is that I feel this, um, you know, again, this, this, just this yearning for this balance, but this powerful, it's like a, a power, a gentle power, right? It's like this thing that yeah. has, you know, this capacity for life and creation, but yet knows gentle, you know, and that's what I feel most connected with. But honestly, also, I I think it's, ironically, I think I've been drawn to that in later life because naturally I'm actually much more of a masculine energy where I've always wanted to, you know, create and force and see what I want to win. And I want to, you know, this, that, and I want, mm, I want to create and have results and outcomes and all those things. And I think it's because I've seen just how burnt out and unhappy it's made me. And not to say that the masculine is always going to be an, a negative, unhappy energy, but wh- what we conceive of as masculine right now, I think, is more rather that like noble leadership, creator, you know, visionary type energy. It's it's become sort of overwrought, as you describe, when something becomes too blown yeah, up. Yeah, it's so, become and, a dominator energy rather than a protector yeah. energy. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I'm, I've, you know, I connect with being feminine and, and that's, and wanting to connect more with my gentleness and patience, which does not come naturally because I'm a very impatient person. I don't want to wait for things. I want things right now. And so I, but it, it fascinates me and it just calls to me that that's what's so needed. So that's what I want to tap into. And you said something really powerful, Dr. Davina, you said that you reached a point where your body just literally said no you can't, you don't get to do this anymore. And that reminds me of what I think most anybody in addiction, that point where you hit, where you're like, what? I can't keep living this reckless, crazy life. I can't keep just, you know, throwing toxins into my body and just, you know, totally demolishing myself. What? And, but it it really is. It's like, you almost hear it at a certain point where it's like just a, a strong, no. And it's, it's hard to face, but also it just, it makes me realize it doesn't even have to be addiction, you know, I think that if you go too long as you spoke to, cause you know, you said something else powerful that until you learn to love me, I can't keep doing this. Or you said something along those lines. And that really hit me because, you know, I've been in recovery and all of this, but I still struggle with that where it's like, I can't accept myself, but I still want to make this happen. And there's a part of me that's like, you got to love me first. I need to be loved. Yeah, and and that and that you know I don't know if you feel this way, but it can I think that's the hardest thing you can ever do, which again is so strange and seems so unnatural. Why don't we love ourselves? Yeah, no. When I, whenever I write a book, the title's probably going to be um, something along the lines of the hardest thing I ever did did was learn to love myself, and it was worth it. I was worth it. Yeah, yeah, and how from your perspective, from the place where you've gotten, where you're at a place where you've discovered and realized who you really are and what you really want to be and the energy that you're within, and you seem that you're comfortable with that and been able to embrace that. How did you get there for those of us who are still trying? (laughs) A lot of work. Um, You know, um, two years of therapy really helped. Um, and then, and then many years of meditation where I was finally able to calm my mind down enough that in this still place, I could hear these different voices 
and these different parts of myself and how the different parts of me communicating are what create this illusion of a single self. Yeah. Because, you know, that we talk about the ego being illusion and illusion, and it really is. We're actually multiple processes all working to get working from different places and different motivations that work together in a way that creates an illusion of a single being. You know, the same way we're 10 trillion independent organisms that just cooperate in a specific way that creates the illusion of a single body. Yeah. 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 Um, Everything is illusion, yet we're very stuck on these certain concepts that keep us very unhappy and very sick and unwell. Yeah. Um, And it's, you know, um, I I mostly a Taoist, but I've also studied Buddhism and um, the Heart Sutra is about um, emptiness. But what emptiness means is that it's empty of separation, that everything interpenetrates everything else and everything intertransforms into everything else. So, you know, um, the me, the tissue that I that I have is things that I have constructed from eating food that was constructed by the unification of the sun, the soil, and um, a plant organism, mm-hmm. and, and water falling from the sky or, or from irrigation. And so all of these whole processes of inner transformation are what we're just, um, you know, we're just single points in this cosmic dance of creation and destruction. So it's not that we were empty and that we're unimportant or we don't exist, is that we're empty of singularity, we're empty of uh, independence, but we actually interpenetrate and interconnect with everything else around us. Yeah. Yeah. We're all one. We're, we're, we're all one and we infinitely transform into everything else. Yeah. That's what the universe is. That's what God is. Just this big old fluxing, changing, infinitely changing, ever expanding thing. Yeah. And here we are, just one tiny aspect of it, trying to figure out the whole thing. And you're doing a pretty good job. I do my best. Yeah. So again, Dr. Javina, thank you so much for sharing your personal account and your personal story. I would love to tap into another aspect of your work, try to go in into another realm, which I'm very fascinated with and always interested in talking about because I'm big into like kind of the, you know, dark, mysterious aspects of life. You, you're no stranger to black magic and, you know, not necessarily you've encountered it. It seems Yeah. So um, part of my burnout. So while I was in my burnout, I'm like, okay, well, I need some time to rest and recover. So I'm going to go with this group on this quiet meditation retreat in Myanmar, you know, with this Arahat, you know, this enlightened being who's overseeing this um, Dharma hospital where people come to be treated for free. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like a great way to kind of, you know, relax and recenter and just get back into myself. And um, instead, I walked into a nightmare. Um, And this place was crawling with, um, I don't, 
I, you know, I, I, I don't like calling it black magic because like African and feminine magic, there's a lot of blackness. The womb is blackness, the wuji, the emptiness from which all potential emerges from. But until I find a better word, it's just easier to say um, black magic. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was all this really weird things that were going on. Like, you know, we encountered a possessed woman who hissed at us when we woke her up out of a catatonic state. Um, um, there was this um, woman with breast cancer who would constantly rant about how she was cursed by black magic. And when we were treat her, we started getting this really mysterious rash that would work its way up our arm and stopped at a bracelet that we had gotten from a that had been blessed by a monk that we had gotten from him the week before, um, you know, from a different temple, mm -hmm. just really weird things like that were just happening all the time. And I noticed like stuff happening to me. Um, so I guess what I, what I figured, so this was OJT, this was on the job training. I had no idea that it even exists. I did not believe in it until I was there stuck in the thick of it going, am I going to survive this? Um, I became aware that I had been cursed and that it was a death curse. So um, the way that, and I, and then like tuning into it, I figured out the mechanism. So what, so we do, we all, we all, divine and we all have the power of creation white magic works to share the power of creation with everyone so that we all have a better life black magic tries to draw in everyone else's um, power of creation to benefit them only and so it uses our power of creation against us so what was happening was I was suddenly getting very angry um, and I was having, you know, outbursts and things like that. And it felt like I, you know, I'd, I'd been angry before, but this felt different. And so what it was, what I figured out was happening was that the curse was being fed by my anger and that I would eventually, oh, see, I'm, starting to do like this is like stuff I do to protect myself that's like oh, spontaneous okay. qigong but like interest anyways if we cut out or something weird happens don't be too surprised like when I talk about this stuff like weird things happen oh, um, okay okay it's gonna funky up the energy but that's okay we're 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 holding fast now but 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 so far it seems that so maybe the protection is working um and so I over and and so what was going to happen is I was going to be in a violent confrontation and get that I wouldn't be able to pull myself out of because of my anger, and I would get stabbed and end up dying. Um, and I I like tuned into the used my intuition tuned into this saw what was happening and I broke my anger and overcame that and since I wasn't feeding the spell anymore you know it, it was broken. And um, there was more to that, that stuff. I honestly don't know that I have permission to talk about and maybe I shouldn't, but um, a woman in white showed up out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, all of us were really confused about why she was there suddenly, but then she's like, oh, hey, um, come with me. 
um, you know, you need to do this so that you can get better. And after all of my experiences, I'm like, I'm going to listen to you. And I did the things that she, that she said and did a lot of clearing and I did start feeling better. Um, and, you know, we fled the center in the middle of the night um, to save my life. And I got the impression that if I had stayed one, maybe two more nights, I probably would have died, in, you know, even though I had broken the curse. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that stuff exists because just like, I mean, the light and the dark, there's power, there's energy. You can use it for good or things that would be called not so good. Maybe that things that, that can affect one way and affect another. Well, you use effect as a different word than I don't love using the word good or bad, right? It's just everything is still the same thing, right? But it's like lower energy, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, you know, black magic, you know, darker spirits, whatever it is, it's, it's just like you said, it's, it's sort of, to me, it's, it's cultivating energy with like an alternative motive, right? Rather than again, letting energy be what it is. If you're trying to kind of cultivate it for personal gain, that's bringing it to a different, darker level, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, I was taught the, um, the nine mudras of the Zen tradition and, you know, um, that's Lin, Bing, Do, Je, Jia, Jin, Lia, Tsai, Qian. Then, like, in um, white magic for healers, we would do the Guanyin water pitcher, and we would fill this with love for everyone and then pour it out and share it. But then when those nine mudras are used in, like, martial arts, like the, the ninja magic, then the last mudra is actually to turn that power into the individual. So, you know, they're sharing out to others and then there's empowering yourself at the expense of others. Yes. Yes. And I think that happens in our, our world fairly often. I think, especially right now, the world that we see, I feel like that is utilized, what you just described. Uh, we have a very black magic economy. Um, yeah. Like if you look at Facebook's algorithms and the way that it promotes material that gets you addicted based on negative emotions. So if you get angry, you spend longer on your social media. So they promote posts that make you angry to, to feed. And, and like, so it's literally like feeding off your negative emotions in order to enrich itself. It's very much a black magic algorithm. So I'm, I minimize my, my time on social media because of that. Yeah. I don't know if they're doing it consciously or unconsciously. That's a whole separate con um, conversation, but just the manifestation is a type of black magic. Well, ultimately, I mean, they're, they're algorithms on the, so there, there was an article recently that was, you know, is, is the internet conscious? Because just what you described, if it knows how to fuel someone's emotions, that's something that usually a conscious being is only able to accomplish is, is, oh, I know what's going to, that takes emotional intelligence. So we're kind of bordering on that. It's kind of creepy <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. And that's, and, 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 you to know, online and Facebook and Instagram, all those things aren't the only places, you know, it's, it's, we're manipulated in a lot of, there's a lot of manipulation, again, manipulation of energy of forces. And it's, you know, because I think that on this planet, we've, we, again, we've decided this sort of masculine, turn inside out, run wild is gain at any cost, profit at any cost. Because that's why do they do those algorithms on Facebook? Because, you know, a billion people isn't good enough. They want a billion people on 
12 hours a day, 13 hours. They're always going to want more. So how do you, just like you said, how you can't, that's not sustainable to always need more, 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 unless you want to warp people. So we're getting into some kind of that out there stuff, but this, I think about this stuff a lot because it's, it's everywhere around us and it's only increasing. And so that to me is why we need the feminine. It's like something to cool everything off because everything's getting so heated and so blown up and it's, you know, affecting all of us. We need something to bring us back to who we really are, what's natural. So, yeah, I just... Yeah, no, exactly. Wow. Well, Dr. Davina, this has been such an incredible conversation. And I feel like it's so timely because it's a super hot day. It's a solstice and we've got all these energies flying and we're all, I'm sweating. You probably are too. And it's uh, just, I've just loved it. So thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for sharing your personal story and about your work and your knowledge and wisdom with us. I appreciate you very much. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us, me on, and thanks for all of the work that you do. I, I've been listening to your podcasts or watching you YouTube, and I, I really enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's fun to get these things started, and you never know where they might go. And as long as I think, you know, putting things out into the world that we believe in, I think is important right now. Absolutely. We use that, especially and the more that we speak to these things, these ideas that we believe are what can lead to a greater future generations from now is the most important thing to do. So thank you for your work. And Dr. Davina, if people want to find you, if they would like to learn more about you, work with you, how can they connect with you? Um, Yeah, so I'm working on my own website now, but it's a work in progress. Um, My primary clinic is um, Mini Lives Chinese Medicine. And um, I believe it's minilivescm.com is the website. And, um, um, you know, you, they have the, um, phone number, email and all of that on, on the website. Um, that's probably the best way to contact me. Um, and then dr.davina.lac at gmail.com. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much, Dr. Davina. Enjoy the rest of your summer solstice this long day. So there's plenty more of it left. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll go, um, go absorb some yang to bring energy for the rest of the year. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guest. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.